0: Hey, welcome to the Default Alive podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Chris. And this is our audio documentary of our journeys building profitable internet businesses. And so if this is your first time listening, you can learn more about us and get up to speed by starting at episode number one. But if you're a regular, welcome back. All righty. Chris, what's up, man? How are you?
1: Good. Uh, how long has it been? Like a month or two since we last Always up. feels like it,
0: man. Yeah, this whole bi- <laughs> bi-weekly thing uh last to catch up on though i'm looking at our notes now i'm excited to to dig dig into i think we'll have a lot to talk about
1: yeah it's funny i asked someone today i was like is the show still interesting like do you still enjoy listening to it like yeah you got to keep doing it I was like all right fine (laughs) we're still on the hook (laughs) yeah yeah i guess so (laughs) at least one person still listens so
0: right at least one as long as it's one then we're still doing doing a job and still interesting and still worth doing Uh, I actually haven't looked at the the analytics for a while, but I think, I feel like I was looking the other day, let me take a peek now, but I was like pleasantly surprised by um, some amount of growth. Um, You know, we barely ever talk about it. I do a horrible job of marketing it, but um, I think I was looking, let me see, I can pull it up here now, but uh, yeah, we got somewhere in the magnitude of like 200, 250 listeners per episode. So. It's a, it's a a nice audience for a bootstrapper podcast, you know, all of our fellow bootstrapper friends.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, I've never seen it. I haven't checked in months and months now, but I don't remember it being over 200. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Podcasts are such a a slow burn, but, um, I feel like for, especially especially this format. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For this format. One of us needs to get like really famous. (laughs) Or we need to get like, say something very controversial in order to see like a big, big bump in downloads and listeners.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I don't know. You're definitely the one who's more likely to get really famous. So (laughs) probably more likely to say something controversial too. So Uh, it'll just be waiting on me to
0: make our podcast explode.
1: There we go. Oh man.
0: Well, what's new? Lots to catch up on, uh, I know we want to do a little bit more ping-ponging this time and, uh, to to model after some of the podcasts that we like listening to. Uh, I feel like I'm usually the one that kind of like messes that up. So I'll do my best to, uh, to not ramble and to definitely ping-pong, but, um, yeah, what's new? Where do you want to start?
1: Yeah, no. And I'm the same way. I think we both can, can go along. So it'd be cool to kind of try to go back and forth Mm -hmm. uh, a little more rapidly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can, I can kick us off. So uh i will kick us off with a surprising update which is on the marketing side <laughs> woo yeah <laughs> now we're talking right uh so i think i mentioned this last time that i was in talks with someone uh to uh, a contractor to hire to help with marketing yeah and that ended up happening and has gone very well so far all right uh, we've had yeah a couple initial calls um and it's just like i i it's really hard to find someone who can do both strategy and execution and that's obviously why you are always in such high demand (laughs) uh (laughs) and it looks like uh i mean so far so good on on both fronts and i think uh this could potentially be a long-term uh partnership and so yeah i'm i'm really excited that's awesome
0: yeah it's huge i feel like um I was just li- reading a, a Twitter thread by um, West Cow, one of the co-founders of Maven. And she was talking about how to be like an end-to-end marketer going mm-hmm. all the way from like strategy to execution. And um, I thought like one of the interesting parts that she mentioned was just how a lot of marketers are hesitant to, to own the strategy because they don't want to be like on the hook if a tactic doesn't work. I was like, oh, I've never thought about that. Cause I'm kind of just like, well, let's try it out and let's go for it. And I don't really mm-hmm. like put too much into it, but, um, yeah, really, really rare to find that person. So that's awesome that I, yeah, I really hope that person works out long term.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Also I've sort of, I'm getting back in the mindset of experimentation and just trying things and being less conservative. Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of like, okay, let's give this a shot. Let's see it's going to move the ball forward in some way. Um, and you know, if it doesn't fully work out, then like, what if we lost? Not really that much. So, mm-hmm. uh, just the time and money, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good. That's a good, uh, man, that was a huge update. You know, it feels like a small thing. Like, Oh, just start working with someone, but like something I know that really have wanted to do for forever. And now finally find that right person, right time, right format. Uh, that, that's, that's really, really big. I know for, for the writers that we work with at Savvy Cal, I'm always like praying, like, please, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> let there not be something that like draws you away from this or, um, you know, trying not to like mess up the, the good thing we have going uh, right. on my end. I'm always trying to, you know, communicate nicely and clearly and generously. And, uh, uh, you know, when you find that right fit, it's, uh, it's awesome to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard to hire outside of your area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I think technical founders like myself, like we tend to build out the product side, uh, much, you know, much heavier and, and more quickly because like, okay, I know what to look for in a good developer. I, I know, you know, what their skills should be, what, how they would fit into the team, what they would work on. Um, same thing even with like customer support. It's like, okay, I did that role for a long time. I, I had a pretty good understanding of it. And so I kind of know what to look for when hiring f- uh, f- for that role. Yeah. But the marketing piece, it's, it's much more foreign. It's obviously, I've learned a lot from you. I've learned a lot from sort of some of my initial attempts, but to bring on a professional who really knows what they're doing, it's it's challenging. And uh, I watched a a really good talk by Jason Cohen, who, I feel like every talk of his is like (laughs) hall of fame worthy. (laughs) Uh, but one thing he said to me that, that stuck out, uh, uh, talk was, it was on a number of topics, but hiring was a a big one that he focused on. Hmm. And it was basically when you, when you're interviewing someone in an area that you're not as strong in, like you should feel uncomfortable after you talk to them Hmm. about like how little, you know, about that topic. Hmm. And I, I, it's like it's a pretty grand statement and I, I don't know that I like fully hit that uh in this case but I think a lot of that is due to uh like I said just learning so much from you and uh a lot of what I've modeled uh, my uh search for uh, someone on the marketing side in is you know based on things you've taught me and and how you work and uh so yeah just some of the stuff that she brought up like the fact that we have all these tutorial videos on our website, but we don't have any, there's no like text content to go with them. Mm. She's like, oh, you can turn these into articles. I'm like, oh yeah, we meant to do that a long time ago and just like totally <laughs> yeah, forgot right. about yeah. it. <laughs> and, and, and and being results oriented, so like, you know, what are your goals for this project? And mm. you know, what numbers are you trying to move and where are you trying to get to? And it like forced me to actually like, think about oh, that yeah. stuff rather than just, well, Let's like hope this works. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was all like really promising. I think.
0: Yeah. That, that's that gotta be like the number one, most positive kind of sign when you're in the hiring process. Just like what's the, the number and the quality of questions that they ask within the process. Mm-hmm. And that's like a great indicator of how kind of thoughtful and knowledgeable and,
1: um, reliable they are for their work. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it felt that way. Like I I feel very confident about it going forward.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Speaking of Jason Cohen, you reminded me. I he just published it maybe on Saturday, but he wrote this article on uh SaaS growth and kind of debunking some myths around what exponential growth actually looks like at a hypergrowth startup. Did you happen to to see or read that one?
1: No, but I'm probably doing that right after this recording. <laughs> oh man.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll link to it here in the in the show notes and send it to you, but um probably my I think my favorite and the best article on SaaS growth I've ever read and kind of like solidifies I think that Jason Cohen is like a legend and probably like (laughs) my favorite bootstrap founder of all time the guy is just like so so smart I'm I don't know like there's there's like a rare couple of people who I don't know I feel like for the most part I kind of um I don't get as much like uh what do you call it um star starry-eyed or um uh, you know yeah that's that's what yeah starstruck around like famous people rich people uh athletes celebrities i'm kind of just like oh they're regular people like me and like they just happen to be a little bit cooler or more athletic or more talented or (laughs) right place right time but jason cohen i'm like dang that guy is a whole new level and like, I want to learn from him. Like there's something he's got all this stuff inside of him. I'm like, Oh, I just want more of that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm crazy. glad you mentioned that. I'm going to have to look back on that. We'll have to look to that, uh, that hiring video as well. when I want to watch that. Yeah, we should definitely link that. Cool. Well, uh, one of my updates, um, that's sort of just like a little, little extra, a little bonus for you. But, um, yeah, on a similar note, actually, uh, fairly recently, I, So I think the last time I talked about how I want to write write this book on early stage SaaS marketing and uh, kind of talked about how a lot of that was informed by Rob Fitzpatrick, the author of The Mom Test, and he's written a couple other books. Another one's called Write Useful Books about how to write recommendable nonfiction. And um, and then I kind of stumbled upon, I, I noticed on his Twitter, he was like, oh, I moved my site over to my personal site over to Circle. And like now, it's where I do it, or I do everything. And he has like this whole like AMA section, and it's a very like interactive kind of like like log of everything he's like working on and doing and thinking about. And people can ask questions. It's actually a really kind of cool concept if you think about it for his personal site. And um, and so someone had asked a question, and uh, and then noticed that he ended up making a YouTube video on it. And then I was on YouTube watching random stuff. And then I saw that it got recommended to me. I think after YouTube saw that I had opened his channel up before and it was called outcome oriented communities, like the new model for creators. And I was like, what the heck is this? So he talked about, he answered this question from someone that had posted a question on his site. Um, and basically outlined sort of his thoughts for like the next book that he's writing about communities for creators and basically like communities as, as a business. And um, he calls them outcome-oriented communities, which is kind of like his philosophy around what he thinks makes for a great community and a useful community and, uh, you know, ultimately like a recommendable community, just like he has for his, his books. Um, and it was surprisingly good. Surprising because there's a lot of content out there around communities that once you kind of read through it, they kind of like all... Start to kind of basically say the same things a hundred different ways, so mm. it was surprising in the way that it wasn't that at all. It's very different, but not surprising that it was from Rob Fitzpatrick because he's really <laughs> smart and uh, produces great stuff like this all the time. But anyways, um, he's writing a book. I read the early manuscripts of the book, which is really like the first third of the book. I think it's not really done yet. I'm gonna hop on a call with him pretty soon, but um, I think there's really something there because all the things that he was talking about were things that i have experienced with white files and um it's one of those things i think i mentioned before but like i like to say this from marketing where if you can articulate the problem uh better than or as good as your prospect can then they'll sort of trust you to give them the solution to that problem and man that's what he really did to me (laughs) like it's just like are you experiencing this 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 and this and if so, then X, Y, and Z. And here's what I found works to, you know, counteract that. And here's like bad example, here's good example. And like, here's all the why behind it. And he essentially talks about common mistakes that people make and how to, um, how to think through like a community through first principles and not just kind of copy what other people are doing. And um, his whole, his big thing is like, if you just take all the, Advice that people put out there about how to run a good community and you just like start throwing spaghetti at the wall You get something that works nominally well, but not great But if you kind of back up and think from first principles and you do things a little bit differently or at least they're like a, a different lens Then that's when things really all work kind of in symphony together um, and so the main things were around like uh, a common goal Um, I have a bunch of notes here that I could look at if I really wanted to, or if you're curious, but a common goal, um, he calls them heartbeat activities. Uh, Onboarding is really, really big on onboarding and, um, uh, and around how to actually get someone to achieve that goal through the community and like what the community really is and means the content that's, that's in there. So, I haven't done anything about it yet, <laughs> but I'm starting to use this as like a blueprint for, I think how to take, I think like I've achieved what you know product market fit with swipe Files, but it's not really doing like a great job of it yet. It's still kind of like an ugly MVP, if that makes sense.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, this uh, the whole concept is fascinating to me. N- not that I have ever ran a community or probably ever want to, but. Yeah, just the because I know what you're saying where the strategies are everyone says the same strategies for how to do it, but they like I mean not it doesn't always work or it's really not the secret sauce like you said the first principles behind what actually makes a community work.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that he gets really um prescriptive. I think because when you really niche down and like you talk very specifically about this, then you can be more prescriptive. But you know, one of the things that I was just like, oh, like, duh, of course that works, <laughs> is um, he's, he was talking about how he has a little community uh, born out of write useful books for aspiring authors and people working on nonfiction books. And he would ask people to introduce themselves as like the first thing that they do when they join the community. Um, and then people would just talk about everything except for the book that they are writing. (laughs) And so of course it would lead to these really vague introductions and, you know, welcome, glad to have you here. And he's like, if you ever see that, you know, you've done something wrong with your onboarding because Hmm. really like, that's like the entry point and the thing that's supposed to build momentum with someone onboarding into your community. And yet when you ask someone to introduce themselves in a really vague way, then they end up sharing nothing useful to the community and thus nothing that the community can use to be useful to them. And so instead, if you orient the introduction to ask them to talk about what they're working with, on, um, why they joined, uh, what they need help with, what challenges they've you know, uh, come across so far, then you basically... You're, you're throwing up T balls for the community to then jump in and be helpful to that new member. And I was like, Oh, like, yes, duh. Mm-hmm. And so then what happens is people introduce themselves. They don't get a very like warm or useful response. They forget about it and then they move on and it's like pulling teeth to get them back. Whereas if they introduce themselves, the community jumps in with really useful tips and information and really relevant things then they're going to check back in or they're going to have threads to respond to. And like, they're immediately plugged in. So there's like a bunch of things like that where I was like, wow, like that's a very prescriptive and actually really helpful tactical thing that you I can go and implement, which I haven't yet. <laughs> I can, I need to like sooner rather than later, but a lot of the stuff yeah. I'm excited to get my hands on.
1: Yeah. I've actually, I've seen that in practice uh, with the co-working space that I go to. So there's a, there's like a, yeah, there's a shared Slack, uh, and yeah, there's no like formal introduction process or whatever, but there was one person who I guess took it upon themselves to introduce, you know, their business, what they're working on. And then they also included like two sections, uh, one being sort of how they can help or, or what they excel at and then Mm -hmm. where they're looking for help. Uh, and one of the things they were looking for help for was just like, they're new to San Diego, meeting more people uh, like San Diego business groups and meetups and stuff like that. And I just like jumped in and I was like, oh, hey, we have this like San Diego Indie Hackers meetup. And mm. I would have never been able to do that had they not specifically posted what they're looking for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I think that that totally works.
0: Is that how we met one of our newer members? Yep. Yep. There? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. Well, there it is in practice. Yeah. Right. So in hindsight, it seems like so obvious, but it's just, you know, you don't know until what well, well, you don't know, right? And so it's just like you have to go through like an audit of all the things that you sort of thought were fine or true and then like make those little tweaks or like reorient them to then like it all works how it's supposed to. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's what the best teachers do is they make all these insights seem so obvious. Yeah, for me, it was right. like sir, <laughs> when I when I took 30 by 500, you know, and, and learned from Amy Hoy and uh, Alex Hillman, it, it was like all of a sudden, like they're throwing all this knowledge and it just it was like clear, like, oh, yeah, this totally makes sense. Like, why didn't I mm-hmm. think of this before? But there's just you can't see it before without, yeah. without someone showing you.
0: Yeah. So. Lots more on that later. Uh, I'm going to start making some some small tweaks this week uh rob also hasn't finished the book so i can't <laughs> there's mm-hmm. there's not a ton to go off of quite yet i have a call with him yeah. soon
1: um but i was gonna uh, say i think you, you buried that. that like you're, you're friends with rob fitzpatrick like you're you guys are besties now <laughs> <laughs> no not quite besties um actually i had him for a a, a swipe files
0: workshop a while back like last year last may about talking to users um okay so we've been introduced we talked before And, uh, when I watched that video, he, from the video, he was like, Hey, if this is interesting, let me know, because I'd love for you to read like the early manuscript and get your feedback. So then I asked him for it and I read it and he was like, Oh, once you read it, then let me know what you think we hop on a call. So I'm just kind of following his
1: directions. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he's so good at like dog fooding and, and getting feedback and customer research like uh, mm-hmm. what is it you said it's how to write useful books like you probably wrote that after his experience with his first book Like
0: yeah God, exactly it's all like a, a domino it's kind of they're all related to each other yeah, yeah Rob I feel like is exceptionally good at um, I think for a lot of people like you, you get this idea and then you just start like building it out right away and maybe it's good but it's not really like the best version of that thing. And I feel like Rob does, he like, he's really good at being patient, which he might not agree with. I know he has like a lot of like ADHD kind of stuff that he talks about sometimes, but he's really good at like letting it come to him, you know, like fleshing it out, letting it marinate, sitting on it, researching, getting in front of people and then like slowly building it out rather than just like, trying to just get it done you know and check the box mm. and kind of just like rush it a little bit which
1: i'm guilty of a lot of times <laughs> i think we're all are it's it's so much easier to just yeah. go build then <laughs> right and that that's a superpower for sure yeah interesting hmm. yeah well yeah what else to do with you yeah on the the builder side for me i'll give a couple uh, real quick product updates uh so talk last episode about uh big push for performance for jetboost um and of course now it's like it's so hard to remember what we talked about 2 weeks ago i'm going to have to like listen mm-hmm. to the episodes beforehand uh, but i believe well, we, basically at we just time... talked about
0: yeah it was just the uh, the whole catastrophe with uh right the competitor attack pretty much and all the things that that sort of uh, um, floated to the surface
1: yeah so i believe at the time the performance update was like we, we partially rolled it out there were a number of concerns around backwards compatibility not wanting to break existing sites right. um it's cool because we got all of that solved uh and then there were a few bug reports that came in from uh, new customers, so again, not breaking any old sites, but um, some of the newer sites. A couple small things, and fixed that. And it, it just the last few weeks have felt like we've been shipping so much faster um, than the past few months. And you know, <laughs> sometimes pushing to production multiple times a day. It just like it. <laughs> it, it just feels like it, things have been unlocked a little bit, and it, it feels really good
0: hmm yeah we been really getting after it so the last two weeks have been busy then on the product side of things it's really yeah uh, really shipping a lot
1: yeah shipping a lot a lot of bug fixes and um then one other kind of it's a small feature but it's really useful uh so we're building this power up for our favoritings plugin. It, i mean it by the time this goes li- uh by the time this episode goes live the uh, the update should be live as well. Mm. Um, but essentially what it allows you to do is, so right now um, when you use our favorites plugin, you you can set it up so you have all your CMS items on a page and the user comes in and they can like bookmark items or, or like them or whatever you want to call it on your site. Um, mm. But we're going to give our customers the ability to limit the number of, items that their users can save. Hmm. And what this is really useful for is building a you know like when you go on like Apple's website and you want to compare a bunch of different products, uh, maybe a couple versions of uh you know MacBooks and so you like select this one I want to compare and this one I want to compare. Oh right. That's basically what this feature allows so you can build oh, uh you know right. Here's your whole list of products. Now select three of them and compare them side by side. Uh, mm. and this is something that has come up over and over and, uh, that, that some people have kind of made it work, but with this new power-up that we're building, like it, it will, it'll work really well. And we just need to finish we're, we're building out a small little demo site that really showcases how to use it. Um, and that's cool and why it's awesome. Yeah.
0: Is that like the main use case there? Like basically e-commerce is what it sounds like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) I hesitate to say e-commerce because it is the main use case, but it's not, most people using it probably aren't using Webflow e-commerce. There's just not a lot of uh, stores actually built on Webflow e-commerce. So it, it might be like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example uh you know they're they're probably using a regular cms collection but maybe it's uh then you have to call for pricing or something like that mm-hmm. um, right so yeah but it, it will work with both e-commerce and the regular cms but yeah that's that's the main use case for sure the only mm-hmm. other use case is sometimes with uh voting sites you might want them to only uh, each user only vote up to three times or up to two times. Um, right. Right. Sort of like a ranked voting system. So that, Mm. that'll be available for that as well.
0: Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Have there been any other kind of like the aftermath of the whole debacle a couple of weeks ago with the competitor and the comparison and the whole, you know, case study thing.
1: Not really. (laughs) Um, it, it sort of just fizzled out, I guess, at least as of now, I mean, who knows what else, mm. you know, maybe they're back to the drawing board and preparing some new attack, but right. Um, f- from what I can tell, it, it seems like it kind of fizzled out. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, there were there, were, I've gotten a number of private DMS and I've seen a couple of public ones that, uh, were mm. very surprised by the behavior and, and, Um, you know sort of thought they came off looking quite bad so uh, you know in a lot of words of encouragement for for me and I've shared all those with Noah as well so yeah
0: cool yeah that's good not surprising kind of fills it out blew over yeah I don't know Yeah, especially if it's not going to be super well well received Um, did they end up publishing the kind of like the live case study that they were talking about that was like delayed because of <laughs> all the yeah. updates that you were working on
1: not that i'm aware of at least i mean hmm. i haven't checked it in a while i haven't checked in probably a week but um yeah as far as i know no i i i guess i'm still expecting it to come at some point um but also like i said we're eventually we're gonna put our put out our own comparison page as well so yeah uh, yeah yeah
0: okay well, yeah, could be worse, right? It's uh, <laughs> it's good to have all those product updates and uh, the motivation and kind of the roadmap specced out. Sounds yeah. like it's been very productive.
1: Yeah, it, was, it weirdly ended up being kind of a net positive overall for at least how I feel about yeah. it. <laughs> um, I mean, the other strange thing, not not to like get too much into, you know, world news and all of that, but like it was like the next week is when all the Ukraine stuff started happening. And
0: like you said, like
1: it could be worse. Like, I mean, it just sort of started feeling like, okay, the, you know, yeah, what we faced was like a real problem and a a real like potential to harm our reputation and all of that. But like, and sort of just like put things into perspective that like, Mm -hmm. you know, here's people going to war now. And it's just like, just the timing of all of it. Yeah. Put things into perspective. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear it. That's uh, that's good. It's definitely positive. Um, I think one of the last things I talked about in the last one was about how a lot of my time is going towards newsletters and content creation these days, and how I sort of had like a sprint um, to read some deadlines and get a a number kind of the output. Um, I'm almost done. <laughs> Man, I can't wait till I can, like, stop talking about it. But uh, all the Tiny Marketing Ideas editions are finished. There are now, I think, 126 officially that are done and published and out there and live. Um, The main newsletter I'm still working on, there was a couple of delays actually because of uh, Ukraine, because I was waiting waiting on some other people to publish some content for me. Um, That's obviously been kind of pushed back, and people are just sort of like, waiting, you know, and there were some things that happened with them, their work and all that jazz. Uh, so anyways, I'm actually hoping to wrap that up tonight. Um, should have like at least 99% of it done by tonight. Uh, I might need to like reorder or sort of rearrange some of the additions and, you know, where the sponsor placements go and whatnot, but the content should mostly be done by tonight. And that'll be great to finally check that box. And uh, have that over and done with and be able to move on. Um, also just a ton of great content, which I'm excited about and haven't talked about nearly enough or really marketed all that much. But I also plan to do some more kind of pushes around uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and just other things that will, um, you know, push directly to the, both of those resources, to the main newsletter and to Tiny Market Ideas. So that'll be good just to have done and set up and uh, see the fruits of that kind of later. But um, man, I'm I'm almost there. You know, I can see the light at the finish line. <laughs> and um, it's been a lot of content. I think like last there was one day, maybe I think like last Thursday, where it just like in one day, I just wrote like twenty tiny marketing ideas. And oh my um, gosh! By the end of it, I just felt totally exhausted and drained. But
1: um, I'm close. Yeah. Well, you've got to feel good now, <laughs> having that done.
0: Yeah, especially after, after tonight. I think really just actually being able to check the box, it'll feel really, really good.
1: Yeah. I actually got one uh, in my inbox this morning that I found really oh, yeah? interesting. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Which one?
1: You want me spill the beans. Uh, It was the uh, creating like a quiz. Mm. I, I, I like, mm-hmm. I remember. I hadn't seen one of these in a while, but they're always like, I was thinking like, Ooh, is there like a fun one I could do for like Webflow, Like, I don't know what kind of Webflow developer you are or something like that. You know, just kind of like a silly one. Uh, um, right. Right. Yeah. But sometimes those can be shareable and fun and, um, yeah, that just kind of, it, it reminded me of, of that idea. And I thought that, I thought that was a good one. It, it was kind of a unique one. <laughs>
0: That's cool. I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear it. That's exactly what it's supposed to do is just get your brain working and inspire some ideas yeah. and expand uh, what you think is possible. And so that's fun.
1: Yeah, because actually one of the conversations that came out uh, with Hannah, the the marketer that I'm working with, was like, I I have a lot of ideas around more of like bottom of the funnel or like middle of the funnel type stuff. Um, which I personally think is like, we, we do need to focus on that because we just don't have very much at all right now. Um, but a lot of that is like how to do X with JetBoost. Um, like those are the kind of ideas I can come up with fairly easily. Cause mm. you know, some of it comes out of customer support. Some of it comes out of just knowing how the product works. Um, but the more top of the funnel stuff is like where I struggle with. Um so I think yeah something like a quiz could be more top of the funnel which would be which would be cool
0: Mhm. yeah that's super fun yeah I love it
1: I'll let you uh you, you can go again
0: <laughs> cool uh yeah so this one this one's actually fun it's uh something I've been waiting to talk about for a while but um Last couple of weeks, got connected to uh, a couple of builders who are interested in partnering up on maybe mm-hmm. building some SaaS together. And it's always kind of interesting because, as you know, you know, working with a marketer is... Um, you might have a lot of reservations around, is this person actually going to be useful? And, uh, <laughs> I, don't, obviously I don't know with about any that. Sort but... of like <laughs> 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 well, I mean most of the work in SaaS is building the software. Right. And so um, from what I've heard, especially I think from a lot of like other indie hackers is that, you know, since a lot of the impetus is on the person building the software, then, you know, marketers and salespeople are like a little bit less essential because a developer can do marketing, whereas a marketer probably can't do the development. Right. Um, but I think also just in general rightfully so a lot of developers are skeptical with working with with marketers uh business partners in general like it's a, it's a big deal it's something you want to go into business with the right person and you want to get to know that person you want to be friendly with that person uh so anyways gotten some intros for a couple of people who are uh who are interested in it um try not to like over-engineer the process because really it's, it's a lot like dating right where you want to like you don't want to just like propose after the first date or on the first date and be like, cool, let's build a business together and let's like go do right. something. We're just trying to be like experimental about it and be like, hey, how about we figure out something like relatively easy and low risk to build in a short amount of time, part time. And then whatever happens with it happens with it. Maybe we shut it down, make it for free. We, uh, you know, sort of just like put it on the back burner or maybe it looks really promising and then we can figure out what to do with it then. But we're not going to worry about that now. Let's just sort of start with square one, figure out if we even like working together, or if there's something interesting that fits both of our skills, and then you know after that, sort of worry about what comes next. Uh, so this has been definitely been like an interesting process, uh, kind of going through that courting, just brainstorming a lot, um, a couple of I think promising opportunities, but again, I don't, I have no idea like really where they'll lead. But there has been one that's been um the person was really eager to start working right away. Uh it's a simple enough idea. And it already has built-in distribution with swipe files. So we're building mm. a swipe file SAS. And um it's actually a rather simple app. It's basically just like a Chrome extension at the end of the day. Um there's a lot more that can go into it, and we can definitely like So like the roadmap is already growing for all the things and bells and whistles that we can add later on that will make it far more than just a quote unquote, simple app, uh, famous last words. But, um, uh, but it's something again that we can, we can ship relatively quickly. It's not terribly complicated. There's already some like existing kind of, uh, like concepts to work off of, um, I think I've talked about it before, but you know, like when you actually want to build a swipe file, it, it sort of, I was just thinking about like, okay, what are simple ideas that are easy to ship? i was like, well, what about a swipe file app? Like, I was like, actually, I think there's more there because I've tried time and time again to build a swipe file with something. And there's just always something that's not quite right about it. Um, the, the ones that are like the easiest and most promising are notion because they have a little web web clipper and just notion in general is really flexible to work with um but it can easily get really really kind of hairy and out of control and um also like mixing your swipe file with like your personal workspace can get kind of annoying because then you just end up with like a lot of pages that when you're searching for things it makes things hard to find and whatever you like almost have to put it in a separate workplace or is another tool called my mind by Tobias from mm-hmm. which is awesome. I've been using religiously. Um, but the only two things about it are that you have to create a tag as like a swipe file and then more tags. And so then everything becomes dependent on like a first tag being applied, being called swipe file and then everything else. So if everyone like reference it, it's always like, you know, multiple queries, and then even then it sort of surfaces things that are not in my swipe file technically just because um, the search is like pretty uh, like forgiving, if that makes sense. Like it, mm. it's not mm-hmm. strictly on the tag. It's more just like a, a loose framework for how to find things. And you can't share things publicly, which I really, really want to do for swipe files. And uh, I was like, well, <laughs> I think this means I have to go and build something. Um, <laughs> So, anyways, we've been actually moving really, really quick on it. It's only been a couple of weeks, but uh, we're already inviting people to uh, sort of like beta tests. And um, I think I'm going to start, I'm going to like kind of announce like the early access waitlist next week. And um, it's pretty exciting. It's a fun project. And uh, I'm hoping there will be more of those in the future. But this one in particular happens to be moving pretty quickly. And, uh, Uh, I'll, I'll drop a link to it here for people who want sort of like early, early access, but, uh, the, the job for me now starts next week on the marketing side of things. So that will be fun.
1: Yeah. Dude, that's so exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm really, really stoked about it. Um, it'll be fun just to get something out there and we don't have like super, super high expectations for it. Uh, I have no idea where it'll go. It feels like it actually has a pretty good amount of potential But we don't know until really, you know, sort of it gets down to it and will people pay for it? Will they not? How much? How many? Um, We'll see. But
1: yeah, I mean, it's cool that, like you said, worst case, you guys are using it as a project to see how you like working together and, you know, sort of verify each other's abilities and, and all of that. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really interesting process. And I think it's actually like going through this experience um, just gives me like a new perspective on sort of like how to, uh, I guess, like test out, you know, whether it's like for hiring or for finding like a, you know, partner or um, building software in general, like having that more experimental mindset and approach just makes a lot everything easier and just like a lot more casual and kind of fluid. Um, trying not to like overcommit or over engineer anything. Um, we're like kind of skipping some steps and like not doing a lot of the like bootstrapper canon around like validation and pre-sales and all that jazz, more just kind of like optimizing for speed and getting stuff out there. But, um, it's also one of the things, one of those things too, where I uniquely am like kind of a power user, so mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier. Um, and then and it's always been fun for me kind of just playing a little bit of like product manager, uh, and getting to think about, you know, what could this thing be? What does it look like? And then quickly shipping something and seeing what people think,
1: yeah, it's cool. I had this thought yeah. that, yeah. So go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Uh, mine's kind of random. So go ahead.
0: I was just going to say uh, TBD on that, but uh, hopefully one of a couple of small projects like this in the future.
1: Yeah. Get, getting into this ass game. Yeah. I almost feel like the you could come. start like a, <laughs> like a startup studio type model <laughs> where you're just like, <laughs> you've got all these like different projects that you're helping get off the ground. Uh, and you're obviously handling the marketing side and, Uh, I don't know, kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, no, it'd be fun. I think, yeah, the the interesting part about it is I think like, you know, worst case scenario is none of these projects really work or none of the partnerships really work and we all want to go separate ways or just abandon the apps or whatever it was. Best case scenario is that a few of them work exceptionally well and then I would have a new problem of, trying to figure out how to juggle multiple projects at once instead of just, you know, one or two. Um, so I'll cross those (laughs) roads when I get there. I kind of doubt that that would really happen because that's really best case scenario. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of similar to that, that startup studio approach where it's like, well, once something starts working, like, what do you do? Do you just like stop working on the other things? And that's like, well, not really kind of want to see them all through. And so, um, yeah, it's going to get, it's going to get real busy real fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. On top of all your other projects that you just have going personally. I know. Yes, man. <laughs> it's uh, just going
0: to, just going to keep saying us. actually, I talked to Brian Castle fairly recently and um, he was like, his whole thing very recently has been just around like when you're early in the career, just optimize for output, just get stuff out the mm-hmm. door as many mm-hmm. projects as you can. So I kind of feel like this is, my version of that kind of all at once. And, uh, and then later on I can sort of figure out what to really focus on and spend my time on, uh, singularly. But right now it's going to be chaos and I'll be okay with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It actually reminds me of, I, I got to catch, unfortunately it's only like the first 20, maybe 30 minutes of your micro on air. Uh, but I oh, was yeah. talking a lot about mm-hmm. how like you're following the starts up approach in some ways. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was Mm -hmm. actually pretty, I mean, obviously I, I sort of know the whole story, but it was cool to listen to anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: I forgot that that happened last week and in between, but, um, that was a really fun conversation and definitely along the same lines of just trying to get the reps in and put myself Mm -hmm. in a good position to be able to work on projects like this. And, uh, now finally kind of seen the fruit of it and, it's very much like the messy middle right now, but in a couple of years, maybe start to see some real fruit of it and kind of like the the result of all this.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: You have one more have point you want to cover this week, or should we save it for next time?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like we've gone a, a while now, but I have one last topic to rant about. Yeah, save time. I mean, it's not even really a ramp, but yeah. So I have been, for some reason, uh, in the last two weeks, I've been hearing a lot of people talking about platform risk, and it's made me want to give my two cents on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, living that right now with Jet they're they're, you know, mm-hmm. the first. Whenever I talk to someone who knows a little bit about SaaS uh, or Webflow or some combination of the two, like one of the questions they always ask is like, well, what if Webflow goes and builds those features? Or, you, you know, maybe they'll even say like, are you worried about the platform risk? Uh, so I, I I get that it's top of mind for people, but uh, yeah, I've, I've been hearing a lot of people talk very negatively about platform risk, particularly like more experienced entrepreneurs and, I understand where they're coming from. Like if you've been burned by a platform, like when Twitter, you know, screwed all the developers or when, uh, mm. Facebook, you know, all those like games that were built on Facebook that I think kind of got shut down. Like uh, what was it? Uh, Zynga or, or whatever it was called. Zynga. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, that probably only has to happen to you one time and you're like, okay, well never doing that again. Um, but I do think that, There's some context missing when like, it's, it's easy to say, you know, never build on top of another platform, like platform risk is too scary. It's, it's easy to say that, but I think the reality is it, in my opinion, it's better to live with that than, you know, launch a product on your own into the void and, end up with nothing. Uh, So for me, as is like Jetboost is the first product I've launched that's like done well and uh, you know, hit product market fit and that doesn't happen without taking on the platform risk. Uh, And so I think that, yeah, I, I just think that when you, like you said, when you're earlier in your career, when you, when you're, when you're starting out as a entrepreneur, like that can be a very valid route to go. Uh, and actually one of the things that when I was listening to your, your microconf on air with Rob was, um, I appreciate that. He said like, he's like, it's a great first, you know, going along the stair step approach that, that he kind of spouts. It's like, it's a great first, uh, early ish step where you're getting into SaaS and maybe you build a, a WordPress plugin or a Shopify app. Um, and that can be a great way to get started, uh, or I think he also mentioned like Heroku plugins, like there's all these different platforms that,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: especially if you're like, uh, you know, a developer or someone more on the technical side, less on the marketing side, it's like you already have a channel of uh, built in for, for some sort of distribution. So um, anyways, I guess the end of my rant is just that for if, if anyone's listening and is, you know, trying to get something off the ground. Like I, I personally don't think it's worth ignoring all the platforms just because there's this potential later on for it to not work out. Like you can still get pretty far yeah, uh, before that happens. So that's my two cents.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. I, uh, I wish I could have articulated it better when I was live with Rob, but I feel like there's almost like a reverse survivorship bias so like normal survivorship biases, uh, you only hear from the survivors, right? And so they'll tell you like, here's what it did and it worked exactly for me. and But then you don't hear about all the other people that it didn't work for. But I feel like for platform risk, it's almost the reverse where the people that you do hear about are the people who got burned by a platform or who got mm-hmm. screwed some way or who are telling you not to build on a platform, right? And here are the things that didn't work for me. But you don't really hear about a lot of the success stories and the people who have built on platforms for a long time. Um, either because sort of like the stories don't, um, aren't like incentivized to show those or for those to be really like notable or because people are quiet about it intentionally. Um, or because that's just sort of like a bias of how we kind of perceive things and the the stories that we pay attention to. But, um, I feel like the thing you just have to know about building on a platform is that there, there is platform risk. And so of course there's, there's like a, a non-zero chance that your product and business is at risk, but it could also be that at the end of the day, there isn't, uh, or like that that risk isn't realized, you know, that you're fine and that they don't build those features or that, um, they don't change the API and screw you over and, and you can't also, uh, like, you have to acknowledge that along with the platform risk. You know, there's there's pros and there's cons.
1: Yeah. And having lived with it for the last two and a half years, like, I think I've just from first-hand experience developed a number of strategies and theories for trying to minimize that risk. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I won't get into it all now because a lot of it's like. What I feel like is part of the part of the secret sauce, uh, but man, I've always felt like if I was ever going to write a book, like uh, some sort of business book, like it would be on this topic and my mm. thoughts on how to deal with the risk and um, how to help mitigate it and hmm. uh, and why building on a platform can be uh, a really good route to go. I actually did a talk, uh, oh oh man, must have been like over a year ago um, about. Building on top of a platform and you know pros and cons and some of the advantages. Oh are, really? Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, I was gonna say you should you should start it as like a, a blog post or a video. Yeah. You know or something. Kind of what's the atomic unit of a book? And uh, right. I think that's a really good topic that you have some um, some unique experiences to be able to talk about.
1: Yeah, and even just for some reason I've gotten connected to. Uh, a number of people who, or a number of, I guess, businesses that were built on top of Heroku that are doing mm. extremely well, like we're talking you know, hundreds of thousands of ARR, some over a million ARR or, or in the millions, and it's like I think you're right, like they are a little bit more quiet about it, because it's like, why would you want to invite competition to your main distribution channel right. whether it's like the, yeah. you know, app store or <laughs> Or, or whatever it is, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. So who cool. knows? Yeah, talk to me should, and when you have some,
0: yeah, you know, when you have some extra time and uh, or energy, or invite people to DM you about it and try to yeah. just get all of your thoughts out on paper somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. We'll see. Yeah, I was going to say, talk talk to me in five years, cool. and I might be singing a different tune when <laughs> if jeopardy's has been like totally wiped out <laughs> we'll see Jerry's still out no <laughs> yeah. cool anything else on your own
0: cool well, last update for me yeah it's one more thing super quick M- mainly just like a follow-up from i think the last time but uh still working on kind of outlining this cohort based course with a partner um oh yeah we're now aiming for more like a April, March kind of launch again, kind of Ukraine changed things a little bit. Their personal situation changed things a little bit. I've also been busy with and kind of behind on this whole newsletter thing, which this is now like the next thing after newsletters, uh, still happening. Most likely 99% chance, uh, of, of happening. But, um, it's also, I think the hard part about these like digital products is that there's just so much work up front that, it's easy to kind of get derailed and um, from most of the work happening up front then You don't like realize any of the benefits until after it's done, once mm. it's done, it's done and we can just rinse and repeat. But like, this is where like a lot of the work is. And so naturally it takes the most time and most energy and most work. So still kind of TBD on that. Um, we're, we're creating like the first modules now. And I think that will, those will kind of like serve as like examples for kind of like a framework for how to build, build up the next modules. So now that that's done, it'll be easier to create the next piece of content, but there's a lot of work also in front, just defining like what is the content we're going to be producing and how will it be consumed and what are like the unique ways that we're going to make it useful right to, to students. So um, mm. yeah, it's just a lot of work up front.
1: Yeah. A lot of, delayed gratification Mm -hmm. that can be some of the hardest but once it's done it's done
0: (laughs) so I'm hoping yeah I'm hoping that we can reap those benefits later but right now we just sort of have to grind it out a bit
1: yeah well I mean now that you're wrapping up the tiny marketing ideas and like you said that's the next thing so hopefully you'll have some more space for it
0: Mm mm-hmm Yeah. Especially on like the content creation side of things, I can really only be doing like one thing at a time. I can like juggle a bunch of other stuff, but like when I'm creating content, it's hard to straddle between big projects when I'm doing a lot of writing or videos
1: or audio. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Whenever I've got, once in a while I'll get in the situation where they have like three features I've been working on, none of them's to the finish line yet. And then I'm like, how did mm. I get in a situation where I'm doing all these things at once when I should just be focusing on one? So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can see the parallels to, to software yeah. too, releasing and the features. Yeah. it's a lot. Well, man, right, man. You've, well, you've got a lot of irons in the fire. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of irons in the fire. That's awesome. Um, what's new? There's more irons every day, but, uh, <laughs> like I said, it's now's the time to be shipping stuff and, experimenting and so just going to do the best I can to juggle
1: yeah oh and last uh tiny update for me we are now th- three weeks out uh on baby number two watch so oh yeah potentially this could be a, my last episode for a while although we might be able to squeeze one right morning. we'll see yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man crazy that's right yeah we'll have to yeah. talk about that uh yeah uh
0: off recording but um man it's already here. That's crazy.
1: I know. It, it weirdly f- still feels like, I mean, my wife and I talk about this all the time. It feels far away still, but now like we're counting down in days, you know? So <laughs> mm-hmm. it is, it is happening quickly. So we'll see.
0: Well, if this is your last episode before, uh, paternal leave, then have a great time off and please don't check Slack or Twitter or help desk <laughs> or email or anything. And, um, but if not, then we'll see you next time. But, uh, that's exciting stuff. All right. Sounds good. All right. Signing off.